You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hello and you're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I am Phil McGrath, joined as ever, well I say as ever, by Paul Caffrey. Paul, you weren't actually around for this one. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, that was very disappointing. I was actually really looking forward to chatting to Mike. A slight dental Um, emergency. Yes, yeah, I won't get into details of that, but uh, funny enough, I actually had a, a checkup on that recently, and everything has worked out fine in the long run. Um, but yeah, root canal is never your friend, and something you cannot avoid. Yeah, unfortunately not. Well, I hate to tell you, Paul, but uh, you missed an absolute corker with Mike Morrison from membersideacademy.com. Uh, Mike has been online for over 12 years, and uh, his latest project with Cali, his uh, partner, has uh, seen them branch into membership site academy.com, which is basically a site about membership sites. These guys are fanatical about membership sites, about creating them, all the systems that work together, making sure everything speaks to each other, but not only that, but also the content that goes into them, how to map it out, how to plan it, and how to get everything running smoothly. I mean, in this podcast, we talk about how difficult it is creating that content. It's something Mike was quite honest about, that working with clients prior to actually setting this up, he always seemed to have the email from a client when the content was due saying, okay, we haven't got it all done. And you know, he admits it himself. He never quite understood it until it came time to populate his own. And uh, then he understood the pain, I suppose, Paul, of uh, having to populate content for a membership site before you launch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we say that in jest. There have been some crazy time spent over the years with us doing that. I can, you know, I can identify as much, probably more than most when it comes to this topic. So, uh, yeah great show i've listened to it so uh go ahead and enjoy it guys and yes as we said we have mike morrison on the line from membersiteacademy.com.com should i say and the membership guys podcast mike how the hell are you i'm doing very well we've actually got some sunshine here in the north of england so uh it makes a nice change putting in a good mood good uh Good view to work with. As someone who spent a bit of time in uh, the, the, in the northeast of England, I'd say the locals are kind of walking around a bit dazed and confused, are they? Well, they're walking around in shorts and t-shirts, um, which <laughs> is what happens anytime we get any sunshine, no matter what time of the year it is. Get the shorts and, and the, uh, the yep. short sleeve t-shirts Sunglasses, out. t-shirts, shorts, suntan lotion on. Yeah, doesn't matter that's two degrees outside. We've got some sun. It's time to celebrate. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mike, I suppose for our audience uh, who may not be familiar with you and what you do, would you mind just giving them a little background into where you started and uh, I suppose what you're up to these days? Sure thing. So um, I've been involved in online marketing web development for about 12 years now. Um, completely self-taught, stumbled into it by accident as a hobby without realizing that people actually make money from this stuff. So um, while I had a proper job, uh, I obviously dabbled in this and learned all this stuff on the side. Eventually the penny dropped and started working with clients, went out self-employed and I've been doing it ever since, helping businesses of all shapes and sizes do all sorts of stuff uh, when it comes to doing business online. And throughout that process and obviously being around this world for that amount of time, seeing how much things have changed, we've kind of gravitated more towards the sort of projects we love, the projects we enjoy, and those are membership websites. And that's pretty much everything that we do now. We work with clients on membership sites, mainly online education, content-based membership sites. We blog about them, podcast about them. We run a membership site about membership sites. 
So, yeah, we're a little bit obsessed, but it's a fantastic topic, which obviously I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more in terms of why it's so great in leveraging content and all that. But we love doing it. It's our lives. And, uh, yeah, we, we're kind of the go-to people when it comes to anything related to membership sites. Or we like to think so anyway. <laughs> well... I think you're being a bit modest. I certainly think you are. Um, I mean, in in terms of that, even just that little intro you've given us, you can kind of feel the the love and passion for it. I suppose. I mean, and it's it's great because, I mean, our story will be slightly similar to yours in the fact that we just started off, just kind of doing a few bits, had a little blog, thought this was great, and then started to see real traction and kind of went, hang on a minute, we should be doing something <laughs> a little bit here. Like, we, we, we shouldn't be getting, you know, half a million people through, through a site in a week and not making money. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's how it starts. So I love that it's very similar. Uh, I know that feeling when the penny drops, you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, people actually do this for a living. You know, there is business in this. Um, and I think that's, uh, obviously times have changed a lot now, and I think kids are born with, you know, an iPhone attached to the left hand. So, <laughs> you know, but I remember actually we didn't even get the internet at my school until I was in sixth form. So I was about 17, 18. Um, so the idea that someone's profession and someone's living would be made online was just, we weren't brought up with that kind of construct. And I'm sure it's the same for you guys too. Yes. I can still remember our first family computer we got. I would have been 15, maybe just gone 16. Yeah. And we got this big, huge <laughs> HP Pentium one processor, <laughs> uh, desktop PC, the monitor weighed about two tons. The, oh. the standalone desk was huge. And uh, you had had the, the one pain I think kids will never understand is that horrible sound of the dial-up tone. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still gives me nightmares today. It, it does. I still remember the joy when I think um, internet speeds went from fifty-six k to like one twenty-eight or something like that, and it was just a revelation. Now you had to wait thirty minutes for that image to download rather than an hour. Yeah. So um, I yeah. Remember, yeah, and I remember being given out to by my mother to get off the internet because she was waiting on a phone call. <laughs> yeah yeah i remember that well fun times um right nostalgia over i suppose yeah yeah i'm feeling uh <laughs> i'm feeling decidedly old now <laughs> you and me both pal you and me both i mean obviously um as you said you've been in this game an awful long time and you've seen a lot of changes um but it also means that you've done a lot um mm. and i mean if we take the, the your, your most recent project um uh, the membership guys dot uh, com i mean that is an essentially and correct me if i'm wrong it is a blog dedicated to membership websites that's right yeah so it's mainly it's kind of twofold you've got obviously stuff relating to membership sites that is more strategic tactical marketing all that side of things and we also try and cover some of the technical side because particularly with membership sites there's so many different bits you need to get talking to each other working together um, oh yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> we, we've had those problems over the years yeah it's it's a, a lot of fun um and because i'm kind of a, a rarity when it comes to this sort of stuff in that i'm a, a full-on developer i'm proper you know i do proper development rather than just you know install wordpress install a theme mm. so i can do all that sort of stuff but i've always obviously been interested in the marketing and the strategy side of stuff and that's what i was doing in my quote-unquote real job 
So being able to come at it from both angles and cover the really techy stuff of how to get your systems to work, as well as the marketing strategy stuff of how to actually make some money. I think that gives us a unique angle, a unique perspective. And obviously we've got Callie in the mix, who's my other half, she would say better half. Um, (laughs) And she's got just this crazy encyclopedic knowledge of all the different WordPress membership plugins and all that. So um, yeah, it's it's quite good. You can go out there and find information on how to use social media to market your business, but you maybe can't find how to use social media to market your membership business. And I I think that's an important kind of twist on it that we can bring. Um, And it's good fun. It gives us an outlet to talk about the stuff that we deal with day to day. so yeah, it's well, I think it's very clever because again, we're always you always hear about it. You know, it's, you pick your niche and then you go in. You, know, you pick your mm-hmm. niche, then you niche down again, you niche down again, and clearly you guys have done that. You know, you've, you're you're a niche within a niche, I suppose, and you can yeah. probably even go down a little bit further. That's, but, that's mean, literally how it worked. That's yeah. exactly how it worked. And, it, and it's a great it's a great way. You know, we yeah. we had a, a recent interview with Gene Hammett. You know, and he's talking about really laser focusing who your clients are and what yeah. you're at and that's what it's all about it's, it's lasering down so you can target the right people that are right for your business but i mean obviously there's the membershipguys.com um which goes through well there's plenty of content on there but i suppose really what i'm gonna touch on is i'm actually gonna shift over to um the uh member site academy mm-hmm. because this is your membership site about yes. membership sites which yes. i love um <laughs> But I know as someone who's built and run a membership site, the amount of content that's needed to do that is yeah. phenomenal. Um, so, I mean, digging into all that, I mean, how did you come up? I can kind of understand how you came up with the concept for the site. Yeah. But in terms of the content that was going to fill that, how did you come up with the content and figure out, well, what are we going to put in it? Um, well, we just listened to people. We figured out where our audience were. So, you know, where are people going to at the moment when they're planning a membership site if they're kind of still in that stage where they're just juggling loads of ideas where do they go to to get some clarity on that who do they ask what sort of questions do they ask and then at the other end of the scale where do people who have an already established moderately successful website where do they go to uh, to to find out how to actually ramp things up and get more members and in some cases there were clear places of many Facebook groups. Facebook groups have actually uh, been a total revel well not a revelation, you know, we've already used them, but they've they've been such a big part in just market research, in just listening to what people are saying mm. and taking notes. We're very big on this. If somebody asks asks a question in a Facebook group, a forum, uh, any other sort of community, whether it's an email that we get in from people, we don't just we start initially just noting down the topic. So what sort of topics are people asking? Now we actually, we copy the actual language and we give a record so that not only do we understand what is it people are asking about, what knowledge gaps are there, what challenges, what difficulties and so on, but what language do people use when they're expressing their problem for which we provide a solution? And that just gives us the language to kind of spit back at them when it comes to our blog content, our courses, our sales page, our emails. And uh, yeah, we kind of just built it on that. We were doing uh, membership site strategy development just for clients. We'd only ever just done it for clients. Yeah. Uh, We were occasionally blogging on our services site. Again, just as a, we've got something to say, so let's just pop it on there. 
Yeah, but it was never it was never a dedicated effort. I know what you mean, and I've been listening to uh, your podcast, mm. and I've 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 heard um I think it was episode ten, uh where you were talking about how you'd worked with clients before in getting their membership up and running. So we're talking about the tech and how to behind that and the marketing, but the content was always the client's responsibility. Oh God, yes. And now that you've done your own. <laughs> you've had to create the content, which was slightly a foreign concept. That was a total turnaround. And it was an eye-opener, I believe. It was a massive eye-opener. You know, we'd actually, I'll I'll admit to it, we we typically reach that frustration point in projects. No matter how great the client, no matter what the project is about, there'll always be a point in which, you know, we'll get an email from a client a day after they had said, we're going to have all the content done by this day. Mm. And obviously... Because there's so many bits to get in place for a membership site, having the content ready is naturally quite a key thing. It's a big so, part. <laughs> yeah. So there's always a point in every project where you get the email saying, we haven't been able to finish the content or we haven't got as much ready as we thought. And the, every time it comes to you just give that, oh, man, that big sigh. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's adjust the schedule and all that. And so, you know, we love our clients and hopefully they tell you that they love us as well. But we always found that sticking point of why can't anyone ever get us this content that they say they're going to? And then we did our own and (laughs) we understood why they couldn't get us that content. Because, yeah, I think now the, the first thing we say to people when it comes to creating their own content is however long you think it's going to take, double it at the very least double it yeah i like that i mean that and that's again and i think it's everybody i, I think that's a universal problem we had the same problems when we started out um and my wife used to always laugh at me because i'd be talking to her and my wife is brilliant she's very supportive of what we do and she's my sounding board so i'll go to her and i'll say this is what we're doing this is what i'm thinking this is how it's going to run and she's like okay okay it's a bit ambitious, don't you think? <laughs> no, no. Well, you see, this will only take that long to do. And then, you know, I've, I've got a day here where I can spend the day working on this. And then I've got a couple of hours here where we can start working on that. And she just went, yeah, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> she knows. And we were so guilty of it in the beginning of underestimating how long not only our content, but everything took. Yeah. And it, yeah. Was just, it, it was so funny, but it's very, very true. And I like that, that no matter how much content you're planning on creating, double the time you think it's going to make yes. t- think <laughs> it's going to take to make um and i would even say you could treble it yeah um just to give you a chance to make sure that it, it, it's edited properly and it's been laid out properly and everything else but i really just to go back to to what you were saying about um taking note of the questions that we've been asked and not just the question but the language which was used when mm. the question was asked is a fantastic idea i really really like that and it's not something i would have done we take note of the questions certainly and what what gaps in people's knowledge there are and what people are looking to find out but i never would have actually copied the exact question it would be i'd have bullet points of okay well they're looking to know about x y and z yeah maybe we can cover those off in a three-part series now that we'll release coming up next month but i never would have actually word for word copied it out to see are there any familiar trends in the language that are used? But certainly if you're speaking in the language that your audience is speaking in, it would make you more amenable to them and you would seem to be the right person for the job. I remember I remember listening to, um, I'm guilty now of a little brain lapse here. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a Pat Flynn podcast. Mm. I can't remember the guest. 
and it was basically that the, the 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 point of it was if you can define the problem better than your audience they will automatically see you as an authority yeah, yeah. and that that's a great way of doing that because you're speaking in their language and you know the pain they're going through so i mean you, you you've obviously taken your list of questions now or the questions that your audience are asking and that's kind of started to uh to give you some structure to the type of content you want to create for your your membership site um but going on from that then um once you've started to formulate a plan and what we think is going to go into it how does the research go for you or is it a case that you know what i've been doing this this long i don't need really need the research it's all it's, in the brain bank yeah it's kind of both um again because we you know when it comes to actually deciding what are we going to to cover in terms of courses and with our courses we we've deliberately gone for a library of you know maybe an hour to two hour long courses on mm. specific topics rather than trying to create one big epic or one size fits all kind of course yeah uh, because it's one of those topics where you kind of you just need to dip in and out of stuff but obviously getting the the feedback and the research from uh the audience is a big thing but then people don't know what they don't know so you have to marry that with uh, a, a call on your part as to what what do I need to essentially make people aware of that they need to learn? So what, yeah. you know, member onboarding, for example, that's a big one. The majority of people who are setting out a membership site, unless they do a lot of research and a lot of digging into the topic of membership sites, they won't even think about member onboarding. So that's the process by which you kind of help integrate people into your site. So it's basically the first seven days of someone's membership. Um, you know, what strategy do you actually have for hooking them in and all that sort of stuff. So that's one of those things that people don't know that they don't know about. So we kind of, from doing this and from experience and from practical experience as well, this isn't just something where we've, you know, picked up a couple of books on memberships or, you know, we've noticed that people are talking about them. So we thought, let's go away and, you know, figure out how to commercialize that. Mm. We're doing this stuff. So we know the the practical side of this and we know what's worked and what the key areas are so in in relation to your question a lot of that comes from the brain bank and then we we expand on it and add a bit of flavor through doing research so again sticking with member onboarding strategy the principles the tactics we know that already uh we obviously read books on memberships read books and subscription businesses which tops up that knowledge and then we spend time actually researching what other people are doing so we can give practical examples too. So it's just a cocktail of all of that. The, the technical stuff where we're actually doing walkthroughs of membership plugins is obviously just from experience. Yeah, you know, yeah. We already have that in there. And um, then now what we're finding, because we've got the site up and running, it's only been up for five weeks now, and we're already getting you know quite a lot of activity in the forum. So... The audience now, which is a lot more highly targeted than when we go after Facebook groups and so on, they're telling us and suggesting to us things they want. So already one great idea that's come from the audience, uh, which they've said they, you know, not as a you should create this course, but a, a kind of what would be quite cool is, you know, suggestion sort of thing, mm. um, scaling your membership site. So actually that idea for a course on what do you do once you hit that point at which you need to start scaling um, up, 
scaling up, thinking about, but not just from a scaling up as in make more money, get more members, but from a how do you organize your content? Yeah, no, I was more thinking around around yeah, that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, thinking that kind of how do we scale up the content and how do we start yeah. pushing it more? And obviously then there's certain systems that might need to be beefed up to cope with an increase in traffic. So you're talking about increasing your hosting or your your, Am- mm. your Amazon stuff and, and making sure you, you can fit the capacity. Yeah, and even just things like, I mean, uh, at the moment, again, with the Academy, our course library is just basically a page with, the, the courses on it, single page. But what happens when that reaches 50 courses? And what happens when you reach 200 courses? And how do you stop people from getting overwhelmed? How do you make sure people know where to start? Yeah, and then you look at the segment in your content. Isn't yeah, it? how do you segment it? How do you kind of break pathways um, that sort of take people through mm. the bits that they need to study? And I mean, All mapping, mapping that out as well is a huge part for the people people don't seem to realize i mean we, mm. we we've spoke about it before on the show but people who don't seem to have a clear path from free content to lead magnet to yeah. sign up uh, for paid content that there's no clear path between those but even within that paid content you need to have a clear path through each section absolutely you've got to think about the user experience running through that because like you said you end up with overwhelm overwhelm leads to nothing getting done if nothing gets done well now i don't need that membership i'm going to cancel yeah, and the thing is, with a membership site with an online course, people don't join it to stay in the same place. They don't join your membership site to stand still. They want to get somewhere. Mm. They've got a goal they want to hit. They've got a result they want to achieve. And they join your membership site for you to aid them on that journey. So, you know, when we talk about mapping and pathways, there's a very specific reason why that's the language used is because you have to you know provide someone with first start here then this then this then this and what happens once i've you know we've got costs on getting your plan together so your your membership master plan but what happens at the end of that what's next you know what do you do once you've built your site what do you do once you've launched it what do you do once you're at the end of year one and you know how can i best navigate this content to get to where i want to go to mm. and then what happens and yeah i think you're right i think with what we see so much with membership sites uh in contrast with other online products and we you know we've got clients where they've got a membership site but they're also launching courses where it's more of a, a standalone kind of a project yeah yeah so you know what you do tend to find and this is probably one of the biggest areas people trip up on is not realizing the difference between them because with a course launch with an info product your end result is the sale Mm. you know once you've got the sale you're done yeah there's some after service yes you know you've got to deal with any technical issues or complaints but the, the end result is a sale that's when your commercial relationship essentially ends yeah with a membership site it's when it begins you know when yep. somebody joins your membership site that's the beginning of your ongoing transaction and you know it's the start of a value exchange i'll keep paying you money when you keep delivering content when you keep delivering value and so on yeah so when you talk you know you quite rightly said i I always kind of put that into and it's fairly crude but it's it's dance monkey dance Mm. you keep dancing i'll keep throwing you a few coins and if you're not if you're not if you're not impressing me (laughs) i won't do it and it sounds really cruel but that that is the truth of it essentially you are the dancing monkey and you're there to make sure that they get their money's worth and the minute they don't they will leave and they will tell you shout straight this isn't worth it i'm gone 
Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's we'd all love to think that our products or membership sites or whatever are, you know, top of the list of bills that people are going to pay. And that's what it is, it's a bill. Oh, yeah. You become a financial burden on your member to different degrees. So every month you need to at least have provided something to justify that continuation. And actually if it's a choice between, you know, paying for a service that is help like software as a service uh, product that is helping someone's business run smoother, or, you know, in some cases, you know, putting a little bit extra food on the table or taking the kids, you know, you, you're competing with all of that. You're competing with anything that Absolutely. somebody else is paying for. And that's why, um, that's why your content needs to be on point. Absolutely. T- taking it back to content from your, you know, what you're saying in the bill uh, to my little ramble there no, is, <laughs> is that disconnect of people not thinking, how does my free content connect to my lead magnet, connect to my tripwire, connect to my paid content? And then beyond that, how does my paid content delivered in month one connect to month two to month three, connect to the live training we're doing, connect to the community? We're, we're running and if you if and we you... can keep going past that as well that's the Absolutely. funny point it never stops that is the merry-go-round of content and mm. i mean you've, you've kind of tipped on a lot of it there but i'll ask you anyway what are the major considerations that you have when it comes to planning out your content i mean so like in terms of do you use an editorial calendar uh we kind of use a loose editorial calendar when it comes to our blog content our free content yeah uh we batch it so we do it in bat. Sorry, I've just realised that sounds like I'm saying bat shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that again. We batch our content, so you know we'll have marathon sessions where you know we'll write half a dozen blog posts each. Oh, okay. can I aim... can I dig into that a little so? Because that's sure. interesting. That's that's not something I would be a fan of. Mm. Um, so how does that work? You you will sit down with with Callie and you'll work out. You obviously you'll have your content ideas that we've spoken about how you've come up with those. Do you then they kind of just go right? Well, there's twelve ideas. Let's split them down the middle. I'll take these six. You take these six, and let's come back have a meeting again another two weeks. And kind we have them of, done. kind of, but not quite that organized. <laughs> so I'm, oh, I'm okay. A, yeah, I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. So I'm all over the place half the time. Uh, but uh, no. Where we do, we use Trello a lot. We use Trello to organize ideas. Okay. So we have our, our kind of our content pillars, our, our, our topics, um, which are mapped to the subjects that we talk about in the academy and so on. Yeah. Uh, and within those, anytime we have any thought, any idea whatsoever for this would make a good blog post, we just pop the title of it into the relevant thing as a Trello card. And then as time goes on, we'll kind of flesh that out with any resources, any links, any research that we've done. And within Trello, we have all these topics. And then we have a Kali doing and Mike doing board and any that take our fancy where we're essentially claiming dibs on an idea. <laughs> so if I have an idea, but Kali actually looks at that and thinks, you know what? I want to run with that. Yeah, I want to run with that. I can write something pretty cool about this. She'll claim it. Obviously, you know, we don't get the <laughs> arguments and, you know, we're not uh, wrestling each other for control of ideas. But it is just, yeah, actually, do you mind if I grab that idea? Because I've, I've got something, really my, yeah, I've got something I want to run with. And that's, um, myself and Paul have done that as well. We'll mm. have, we'll have, um, we'll have our editorial calendar and we'll have stuff there. 
and we'll yeah. sit down and go okay this is what we have planned coming up this is where we are and this is what yeah. we need to start working on maybe if it's just research and stuff and paul will say or i'll say i oh, can i take that yeah and once or twice to sit there and go I wanted to do what I mean. Yeah, that's no problem. You or actually, Paul's not here today, so I can say yeah, I can exactly. go shower up. But uh, well, yeah. we 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 edit each other's. So obviously, if I've written something, you won't. I'll it. send it to her to review. To you know, she usually spots the typos. Um, you know, and she'll send it hers to me, and you know, we'll usually kind of maybe tweak it a little bit. Mm. And we're not making. You know, style changes or anything but you know we'll tinker with it kind of get each other's stamp of approval and then go with it so in terms of batching then the the grabbing of ideas because you have that sort of land grab for the good ideas um we both end up with cues essentially of okay we know that here are four or five blog posts that we've claimed mm. and then yeah we both uh, you know to begin with it was initially just a um, a thing on a to-do list of, oh, I'll write one, maybe one or two blog posts. I'll start on this blog post this week. And we found that, you know, just doing one or just having it there in the background as, you know, I'll add to this in terms of research. I'll, you know, I'll write, I'll spend a lot of time on this throughout the course this week. It was too susceptible to being pushed for other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's and a because, big problem. Yeah, because we're still doing client work, uh, and to a far lesser degree now, we've got the academy in place, and that's a deliberate decision we've made to, you know, reduce our client time. Um, you're, in all, order you're, to... all, you're also trying to free up your, you know, your hours per reward Absol as well. I mean, it's, absolutely. It's I mean, natural, the... I can, under, from a business point of view, I I, I completely understand the switch, mm. um, because with your clients, you're paid for the amount of work you do and the hours you put in. Yeah, yeah. So and there's that, that trade off time... against time and money. Yeah, exactly. That time for money sort of exchange and the, you know, only really getting paid for your time once. Um, for us, it's it's a double-edged sword. You know, at the minute, we, we only really work with long-term clients. These are projects where we've been involved with them for years. Yeah. Um, one in particular, you know, we, we've been there from the start. It was a guy with a blog who was taking donations, you know, it, and it, it was just taking reader donations. He was making two or three thousand dollars a month in donations pure purely providing blog content yeah which we were astounded by that people were actually just donating money for for free content it's pretty impressive because a lot of yeah. people don't i've seen a lot of sites with donate buttons and i always ask you know how's that going for you no yeah not at all not. so we were very surprised with that but now it's a it's a um you know multi-million dollar a year membership wow. site okay so you know that's we want to still be involved with that of course absolutely um, yeah because there's no better place for us to actually try our tactics and yeah. you know get a good read on stuff that's working so that provides us with a lot of material so actually while that is still time for money it's retainer based it's based on hours per month it's also research it's also the best possible source of research and it's a credibility booster as well and you're being paid to learn exactly Exactly. That's a big thing. Be try and be paid to learn. If you can, yeah. if you can be paid while you're learning, you've got a good thing going. And don't muck, don't muck it up. Yeah, and a lot of the you know a lot of the tactics that we've implemented into this site, we're doing with our own, and we're teaching uh, to our own students in the academy as well. So you know, yeah. But 
moving away from the only being able to use your time once, only get paid from it once. Yeah. That's a big, a big, big shift. Absolutely. And exactly. I mean, for, for people, I suppose, just going back to how you map out your content mm. with Trello, for people who perhaps haven't used Trello, I do suggest you go and have a look at it. We do have Trello there. I don't use it in terms of an editorial calendar, but mm. we do use it for ideas the way you guys would have it. Well, here's a blog post idea. And then if there's any accompaniment uh, research that I've come across, I'll attach it to that and yep. we can go in. So then when I look at the editorial calendar, I might pull the the headline or the idea off Trello, put it into the editorial calendar within a, a space in the week that we think we want. That's when that should go out and it might form part of a series. It might be a standalone blog post. Um, you know, It might be one of our key blog posts for that month or it could be just a small little offshoot of something. And that will go in at a certain time and we'll know that. And then we can go back in on Trello. Then we'll see what this is the research. This is the thoughts we had on it. So generally when I come up with an idea, I like the uh, sticky notes on a window. So yeah. I'll write down, yeah. I, I will. I have, I have I have a big batch. I'm actually looking at them in front of me here. I have a big batch of sticky notes uh, that are all luminous from purple straight <laughs> through to pink and neon green. Yeah. And I'll write down the, the, um, the post idea that i have it won't necessarily be a headline it might sometimes be a rough headline sometimes a headline comes to me before the full idea which is yeah. funny enough um it's just how my brain works my brain seems to work in headlines so that's what comes out and then i'll stick that in the window yeah see and i love, love that i love that because the problem with trello and i love Tre I, I didn't like trello to begin with but i think nor did i because... it took me a while to get used to it but now yeah. that i have it i i wouldn't i wouldn't not use it once you once you've found your groove once you've found the way in which to use it that works for you then yeah everything just kind of flows and we we use the same approach for our courses as well mm. so you know but we'll create a board for each course and then we obviously map out the modules and then we map out the lessons and yeah we use it that way just because from using it for the blog content it's it's now just become a, a natural place but the problem with it and this is why i love the city notes is like anything you know if you're using um something like core schedule and wordpress to line up your your editorial calendar or mm -hmm. an alternative plugin you know if you've got a spreadsheet that you're using like a google spreadsheet or if you're using trello or asana or any other project management tool it still requires the action of typing in or clicking your bookmark, trello.com, and going there proactively. And if you don't do that, so, you know, if if you're prone to not sticking to a calendar anyway, because it's not ever present, and you're not getting the nags as much, then just having another system you have to go to in order to be reminded of your editorial calendar and the yeah. obligations you mean but the sticky notes it's there it's right there i'm gonna actually steal that i'm gonna start using that do I'm, I'm they're right in front of me they never get hidden they're always sitting in a stack i'm looking straight at them now with a sharpie marker right beside them <laughs> and that's what i do when something comes up into my mind i'll stick it on the window yeah and then I, I, cool. if i have other ideas if 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 i really get a nice spark or something and i have okay well i have my idea what would that entail well, I suppose I'd like to talk about this. I'd like to talk about this and this. And I'll scribble them on separate sticky notes. And they go on a different color sticky note, mind you. So the headline will always be in kind of a neon yellow. Yeah. And then any of the body of the content that I think are main talking points within that will be orange. Mm. And then if I want to break down those three main points within that article, they'll be then pink. Yeah. And then if I have any resources, they go in green. And I stick them all on. And then I shift them around into the order I want them. And, once, and I might leave it there for a day or two. 
And every time I walk in and out of the office, I've got this window full of sticky notes. <laughs> and I look at it and I say, oh, yeah. Well, maybe if I move that there, or I didn't think about this yesterday, and I'll stick that on it. And eventually, after a day or two, I'll have something that resembles a blog post on my window. Yeah. And then I take them off in, in the order I want them. I staple them all together. Awesome. And then I, I input them into Trello. Into these are, this is the headline, kind of this was the idea. This is the main points I want to cover. And this is the topics within those main points I'd like to hit on. And also here's some resources. And then that stapled sticky note goes into a drawer along with the rest of them. So just in case anything ever goes down, because we know software could fail from time to time, I still have my sticky notes in a drawer in a big stack uh, in elastic bands that I can go, I can refer back to them if there's a problem. Actually, I must, I, what I will do is, uh, along with this this episode of the podcast and the show notes, I'll put up a picture on my wall. Good stuff. Uh, to show you, show you all the sticky notes <laughs> and everything else that goes on on the wall and the window and everything else. But that's 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 how it works. But I mean, enough of people really don't want to hear about how, how I do it, I suppose. Oh, we're, we're sorry, no, I, I kind of went off on one there because I love doing it. And it's so simple just to go down to the, the bookshop or, you know, your stationery supplier and get some sticky notes and a Sharpie. See, I think that's brilliant because it is so easy to just kind of, because you've got all these technological solutions for it, it's so easy to you know, dismiss the idea of doing something old school and physical. But the problem is, you know, if if I've got someone on my to-do list or if I get an email reminder from a project management system saying, you know, Mike, you were supposed to write this blog post today, very, very easy to just, yeah, I'll just delete that email and absolve <laughs> myself of that responsibility. Yeah, whereas, I've done it. Yeah, whereas if you've got your big sticky notes, there's almost that, there's a lot more shame to having to take down your sticky notes one by one. Having and, not done it, yeah. Yeah, and putting them somewhere and hiding them from yourself. I mean, that's that's a kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at this if I'm having to actually hide this stuff from myself. So, no, I love it. I love it. And I think whatever method works with people, that's going to keep them on track. We tried, we tried doing a fixed uh, schedule and calendar where, you know, we scheduled the actual topics of the blog post months in advance. Because mm. now I, I think I'm sitting on seven or eight blog posts that are pre-written and four podcast episodes. I don't that's, know which... that's excellent though. I mean, from a, ter- from a point of view, um, you know, we're ahead in our podcasts. I mean, but life happens and you need to account for that. You know, so and that's the reason Paul's not here today. He's had a yeah. little problem. He needed he needed to see a dentist fairly urgently, and uh, he couldn't make today's recording. Uh, you know, so it's unfortunate. But you could just edit in like some some just actually what you should do is just record some like generic statements of each other. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if any of you need to go, you just kind of like cut to. It's a bit like that episode. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether you like Father Ted or not. You yeah. Know, it's a bit like the episode where the bishops come to town and he, he they teach Jack to say three phrases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. And that would be an ecumenical matter. Yeah. <laughs> we could just do that. I like that. We might even do that one. Just from just for just for the fun, but I suppose we're getting on in time, Mike. Um, and I have a feeling again, like so many of our guests, we could probably stay on here and talk about this for hours. But uh, I'm conscious not to take up too much of your time. I know you're a very busy man. Um, is there anything you could probably point to? Obviously, you've created a lot of content over the years. Is there anything you could point to to say, do you know what? I wish I knew that then. Something you've learned that you taught. You know what? If I knew that when I started, this would have been a hell of a lot easier. Oh, I put you on the a, I put you on the spot. That really ha- that's a that's a tough question. Um, I think 
probably my biggest thing is just coming to the realization that content and how you leverage it and how you, I don't want to say commercialize it because I think there's an aversion to the word commercialize. Yeah, it sounds a bit sleazy. It is. But how you leverage well, We know your, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> as a, as a, a serious avenue, as something you can do, and that is open to anyone who has something to say, who has something to teach, who has an opinion or anything they want to get out there, that it, it is actually a legit serious avenue that you can pursue as a, as a business. And that barrier to entry is nowhere near what it was. I mean, you know, what, 10 years ago, if you wanted to get a book published, you had to land a, a publishing deal, you had to deal with advances, you had to do all sorts of nonsense that was beyond the reach of, you know, the man or the woman in the street. Whereas now self-publishing is, is a doddle to a, by comparison mm. 10 years ago getting a membership site i mean you could do it uh we we ran well we i ran communities mainly foreign based all that time ago uh but in terms of what you can do now the the barrier to entry and the ability to do it is is pretty much non-existent compared to before so yeah in terms of if i knew what I would know earlier, I'm still, I'm kind of skirting around that question because it's a tough one. Just the, the fact that you can leverage your content and, you know, your opinions, your experiences, your knowledge, your expertise is worth something to someone, even if you don't think that it is. And I think a lot of the time we undervalue what's in our head, what we know. Yeah, and uh, just, you said you're skirting the issue, Mike, but to me, you've really answered that. And that's a big problem. Sorry. <laughs> Phew. Um, but no, but that is a big problem and you're dead right. The sooner you realize that your voice is worth something and that your your voice is your voice and your opinions are your opinions and what you have to offer to somebody is what you have to offer. And there's two options for that. They either like it or they don't. Yeah. If you like it, I'm very glad you found me. I'm delighted that you like what I do. If you don't like what I have to say or what I have to do, well, that's okay too. I'm not here to please everybody. Yeah. I am here to say what I have to say. And if you don't like it, well, hopefully you find somebody who you do like to take the advice from and you can learn from them. Exactly. And I think part of the problem is as well is sometimes that can be a bit skewed in terms of, you know, why would people care what I, I'm going to think? Mm. Or even if someone sets up their blog because, and, and, you know, they blog for six or 12 months and they get some traction and they're building a nice loyal following and, you know, they are monetizing elements of what they're doing with content but it's kind of a double-edged sword because through social media through you know obviously increased sharing of of what people are doing and increased exposure to what others are doing you know someone running a blog can't it's easy to set unrealistic expectations or to compare yourself to you know if your website isn't huffington post then you're not doing a good enough job or you know why would people yeah care about my site when you know there's hundreds of others doing it yeah and, and that, you that know. Is your, again you're on the money we had that big fear when we started especially mm. because we started in the football space and as you know yeah. football in this part of the world you know it's a religion you know yeah, there's, pe a few, people, there's a few people, people will talking take, about it yeah you know people will take your head clean off yeah okay. <laughs> and we kind of thought you know what let's do it but we expected a backlash yeah. of people going 
who are you what do you know how can you say that yeah and that's that's and what it never imp- happened yeah that's where imposter syndrome kicks in as well you know obviously with what you guys do i think there's a legit fear of negative backlash just because of the strength of uh of opinions mm. around that subject but i think imposter syndrome is a big big problem for a lot of people you know some people just in day-to-day life but i think it gets amplified when it comes to online you know as a why why would anyone listen to me why would someone pay for my opinions why would somebody value not just pay just value in any way what i've got to say what i think i've got to teach but i think for that you just kind of need to say you know this is who i am this is what i know i am qualified to do this and one of the things we do in the academy is we we do uh, member feedback so every month you give us anything you want us to look at and it tends to be sales pages or it tends to be content mm. you know, the language of the sales page design of that and so on yeah and, and that's uh, and that's something we haven't even touched on like but we are running out of time so uh, i think i think again and People are going to get sick of me saying this because almost every guest we've had on, I go, oh, I didn't get to X, Y, or Z. We'll yeah. have to get you back on again. <laughs> I think people think I'm just doing it at this stage just to just to be nice, but I genuinely yeah. mean it. Because <laughs> as we're talking, I'm going through stuff here and I have a little notes and little list and I kind of go, yeah, I want to ask about this. Yeah. And that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you. You know, the, when you're when you're designing out your sales page, so, you know, the short form sales page, your long form sales pages, your video in there, your objections and covering off those objections. And there's so much in And we might even get you back just to talk about that one of the um, days. Yeah, I'm happy to come back anytime. But just specifically on the whole sales page thing there um relating to talking about imposter syndrome and so on one of our members uh, she's a great member and i actually i knew her through another membership i'm part of she had this great sales page uh with you know very confident positioning and then it came to this part where she was essentially listing her credentials you know as as a you know this is this is why i'm the expert and her credentials were fantastic i mean she worked with you know, big big businesses she's affected a lot of transformation in a lot of companies a lot of individuals but the headline that she used the sub headline for that area was why i feel i am qualified uh-uh. to, to help you and so that to me and, and this is where we're talking about that confidence and that imposter syndrome so you don't feel that you're qualified and clearly you, you might are already you might have already you aren't yeah you are bloody qualified but it's that that fear, and I think because there are so many quote-unquote experts in the field, and it's very easy to look at them and try and compare yourself to them. And actually, a lot of the big names, particularly when it comes to online marketing, content marketing, and so on, you know, a lot of the big names who claim to be making seven or eight figures aren't. You know, there, there's a big swathe of fake it till you make it, braggadocious, uh, nobodies pretending to be somebody's, uh, I'm trying, hopefully offending half of them now, but Meh. yeah. So you know, when you look at these people who are who are you know the big I am and all that sort of mm. stuff, then that can definitely make you feel like an imposter and a you know well, what do I have to offer? And then even the people who are legitimately the big the big superstar names in all the different industries, you know, there's so much that you don't see behind the scenes in terms of what got them there, in terms of Absolutely. what keeps them there. And they've so, all had the same fears that that you have. Absolutely. The, the difference is that they were able to give themselves a kick in the backside and yeah. just go and do it. Yeah. Well, no, unless you try. Exactly. And that's the thing. You just need to say, this is who I am. These are my credentials. 
I am qualified for this. I do have an opinion. I do have a voice. I do have something of value to share. And like you said, you either love it, you hate it, or you're somewhere in between. But as long as you react to it, people are going to react. They're going to respond. And actually, yeah, people don't like it. Screw them. Um, <laughs> you know, the quote gets attributed to different people that I've got absolutely no idea who came up with it. I think Churchill gets uh, the credit for it so often, but it's, yeah. you know, if you haven't made enemies in your life, you're doing something wrong or something like that. Yeah, well, this is it. You know, unfortunately, you won't please everyone, you know, yeah. not even half of the time, but I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, and um, I've said this to people time and time again, I don't care if you listen to me, you listen to this show, you read our content and you learn from us and take your business to the next step. I'm not that selfish. I hope that you do enjoy what we do, but find somebody that you like, that you resonate with. You know, it's no like and trust. They're the key principles in all this yeah. that you can learn from to bring you to where you want to be. I'm not the only one doing it. Paul's not the only one doing it. Mike, you're not the only one doing what you do. But if people like you, stick with the person you like and learn as much as you can from them. But yeah. find that person and stick with them. And definitely, and I think, again, you're saying not everyone's going to like you. But when it comes to the internet, everyone is a pretty big group. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't need everybody to like you. No, you don't. If you that's get very true. no 0.001% of your potential audience, that's it's still a hell of an audience. It's a pretty so, big one. Yeah. Well, listen, Mike, I think we will leave it there. Um, Obviously... We have the uh, membershipguys.com for people to go to. I strongly recommend, however, if you were in the market for a membership site, to head on over to membersiteacademy.com and check out everything that Mike and Callie are doing over there. I've been blown away by some of the stuff that's in there. It's fantastic and very, very well worth the money, if Mike won't even say that himself, because I know he's a bit <laughs> modest. So go and check that out. Obviously then, Mike, if people wanted to drop you a tweet or get you on Facebook and say thanks very much for spending the time with them today, whether they're in the gym or in the car, where can they do that? Uh, yeah, we're on Twitter at MembershipGuys, uh, or just, and that's both of us. So uh, yeah, you'll either get myself or Cali, or I'm on there as Mike Memo. So Mike, M-I-M-O. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, just... We'll stick them in the show on notes. Twitter. Yeah, cool. listen, we'll stick them in the show notes. Uh, Mike, like I said, I think we will have to try and make arrangements to get you back on again. I'd really like to talk more about the tactics, about crafting your content when it comes to sales, more so than getting eyes on your um, content. So we might try and plan one of those in. But for the moment, thank you very much again for taking the time out and we will chat to you soon. No worries. I've had a blast and yeah, happy to come back anytime yes so that was mike morrison from the member site academy.com um i think you'll agree there was some great information there from mike some real honest tidbits as well i suppose in terms of the struggles that he's faced online throughout the years when it comes to creating content but the one big thing that stuck with me paul and i, I hope you picked up on this as well having listened back to it when mike spoke about the questions and the types of questions that they were getting relating to membership sites not only did they take note of the question, but they actually cop copied it verbatim. So they would not only have the question, but the exact language that their customers were using when expressing a problem, which thus in turn helped them to craft the reply, but also for future sales letters and stuff like that down the road. They know not only where the customer's problems are, but also the exact language they're using to express those problems. And it was just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that is taking things to the next level. 
You know, everyone talks about being wanting to be able to talk to your audience. Well, if you don't talk in the same diction as them, you're going to struggle. So, um, I mean, that's that's something which a lot of the top guys out there are doing. So Tim Ferriss often refers to that. And in, I suppose in the four-hour work week, it's probably one of the tips that kind of goes unnoticed or it's not really publicized as much. But in that, he speaks a lot about how you need to find a tribe that you can identify with and you need to speak to them in their language. And this is obviously something which uh, which Mike and Callie are doing um, over there at member, you know, memberpress.com. And I suppose all of them have a couple of sites there, but really, really great tip and something to take away because most of the time you might respond to that. You might, you know, and you just forget about that. You don't actually record it. So that is a great shout and a great tip for us. So everyone can start using that straight away as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, another great thing as well, just on the topic obviously was, um, I was asking Mike about, you know, coming up with the ideas and, you know, crafting the content, but also figuring out what goes where and how it goes. And obviously he spoke about using Trello and the, the, the land grab for ideas with him and Callie when they'd have stuff on, on in their Trello board. And they kind of just, even though if, if Callie had had the idea, might just jump, might, might just jump in and say, you know what? Actually, I want to run with that one. But I like the idea that they had all the ideas in the Trello board maybe 12 16 24 ideas in there and they just go in and take whatever kind of tickled their fancy at that moment in time and it's quite refreshing because you see a lot of people get stuck and i'm a big advocate of the editorial calendar but they get quite stuck on well i have to do that and i like the fact that because they kind of lay it out that way it allows you to keep that enthusiasm for writing your content because they're kind of going yes i want that one it's not oh i have to do this one it's i want that one and i just i thought it was refreshing to to hear yeah. that and, and it co- came across very very well and one of the big quotes that i pulled out from mike is in the show notes is uh people don't know what they don't know um which was very very clever and slightly tongue twisting also but i mean the fact that you have to not only bear in mind what level your audience is at but you also need to tell them what they need to know. They may have an idea of what they'd like to know, but just because that's what they'd like to know doesn't make make it a necessity, if that makes sense, Paul. Yeah, no, it does. And, and actually, there's some very funny um, YouTube videos of Barack Obama saying that and it being parodied. Um, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely, you know, on the money. And I suppose also maybe it harps back to Steve Jobs. He often, He always had the mantra that, you know, people didn't know what they wanted. He had to create it and give it to them and show them it. And I know that's maybe taking things a little bit to the extremes, but at the same time, you have to be able to kind of highlight and guide your audience to certain areas, no matter what you're actually talking to them about or helping them out with. Uh, And that is quite valuable in itself. Um, As regards, you know, I suppose it's, I I found quite interesting the, the onboarding process as such so i mean we've all come across the concept of you know having say the paid platforms and there's some microsoft platforms out there which um if people are using the services within the first 30 days shows great success but if they're not using the services within the first 30 days well then the drop out the drop off rate is significantly high um but applying that to the free content and how people are actually interacting with your website as a free resource to get them interacting with it is quite an interesting topic as well. So yeah, I mean, we'll probably to dig into. yeah, probably could have went into a bit more depth with Mike on that. It is something I have circled here was the member onboarding, which you spoke about, which is basically getting your your clients used to using the membership site within the first seven days and really getting them involved in it and kind of feeling part of a community. 
Yep, I think we might have to get Mike on to speak a little bit more about that and how we can apply those uh, those principles to your free content, of course. And, and, and I'll just end it on this one quote and another one that I have here from Mike was, people only keep paying money when you keep delivering value. I'd go one step further and say people will only continue visiting your site until you keep delivering value. So even if it's not paid content, if you're not delivering value to your audience, you cannot expect them to keep coming back to you time and time again and just something to bear in mind, of course. Yeah, don't get lazy. I hear you, Phil. I hear you. <laughs> That's basically don't it. Get lazy. Well, listen, Paul, we'll wrap it up there for today. Um, another great interview. You can head over to membersiteacademy.com and see what Mike and Callie are up to. Um, alternatively, hit the show notes, all the links to all the resources and their Twitter stuff and Facebook and everything else in between will be over on the show notes. You can drop them a tweet and let them know how much you enjoyed today's show. And of course, from us, we will say see you next time, but please, if you have the time, head on over to iTunes, leave a quick rating and review. Let us know your thoughts on what we're doing here at the Content Academy podcast. And uh, we'll chat to you next week.